0: Welcome to the PowerShell News Podcast. I'm your host, Haji Dhalwal. And I'm the co-host, Mick Fletcher. Today, we have Matthew Gill. Hello. Hi, Matthew. How are you doing? Doing great. So, you're here at the PowerShell um,
1: Global Summit with us. Absolutely. And uh, so, what are your thoughts on it so far? I really like it. It's, I was speaking to a lot of the conference goers, and this is a very different conference than um, than I've, I've gone to in the past. You know, it's very far from some of those overproduced Not to say that it's underproduced, it's just real. We're talking about real things, we're talking about work, and uh, that's something that you're not talking about a roadmap for some high-level desire and some guru-esque speak that's, you know, five years out for the people that are making it, but it's 20 years out for you and your organization. This is potentially tomorrow we're talking about, you know, and that's, it, it, we're, we're getting real, I think, value add back. from Real world uh, stuff that we're using in everyday Absolutely. production. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, there are things I'm going to take back with me, you know, for personal use and for professional use that, uh. I think are invaluable. So, um, where, where are you from, and, and what do you do? Uh, I'm from Louisiana. I work for a healthcare uh, provider in Louisiana, and I'm a site reliability, uh, site reliability engineer currently. But that is such a vague term because it changes at every occupation. I, I, I'm a, I'm an. Uh, I automate. I integrate. I innovate. Um, I, I'm a sysadmin. I did development for a while. Um, and I've taken a lot of those developer mindsets and develop sort of skill developer skills, and I brought them into the operations and infrastructure landscape. And so I, that's kind of where I shine and thrive. So I've never heard of a cyber liability engineer term. Yeah. So SRE cyber liability engineering, it was something I believe Google coined in, um, 2016 or so, or maybe it was before that. And, um, it's been referenced a lot, especially in, uh, uh, DevOps handbook and a few other, you know, notable sort of, uh, books about it. And, you know, it's it's really designed to be uh, imagine if developer if, if an operations person uh, had developer mindsets and developer sort of wasn't it's a super developer uh, skill set that was then applied to operations and infrastructure and mm-hmm. very it's, interesting it's, it's big about observability big about showcasing um, inefficiencies and and being able to target centers of, uh, of future excellence right you know this is something that we could we're gonna we're gonna Find the bottleneck. We're gonna, you know, automate and integrate. We're not just gonna do it good enough. We're gonna do it the best we can. So that explains where PowerShell comes in on this. Yes, uh, we use PowerShell a lot in what I do, um, personally and professionally. I know we were talking before the podcast about some of the, the personal projects that I was doing. Uh, yeah, you know, scraping Shopify data and something I could easily do, I guess, in Python. Just anything else, but I choose PowerShell because it's great. Um, uh, one of the things that I kind of have as a personal project that I'm using professionally, but I will continue to, to cultiv- cultivate and probably release. You know, I, I don't do a lot of uh, I, I've done pull requests for some, uh, some whenever we have a vendor or whatever, and they have an SDK and I find mm-hmm. a problem with it. I'll usually do a pull request and, and I'll get a little mention at that. And that's that's great. But I've never posted my own project on, on uh, anything outside of a personal GitLab. So Sure. Of. Thing, Um, but I might put this one up on GitHub just for the fun of it. Uh, I'm right. I wrote a uh, a journaling system, a diary entry system, a while back. I found that, you know, with with computers, with technology, it's every there's distractions everywhere. We have so many things going on day to day. You know, professionally, we're in meetings, probably too many meetings. We uh, we have a lot of work on our to do list, and if you aren't incredibly structured and disciplined, uh, which I'm not. Uh, as far as keeping things to, on track, mm-hmm. um, then some things can get lost. And when you have a good idea, or you've got this this uh, this desire, if you don't write it down somewhere, or if it's not over you know pressing desire, then you might just forget it. And um, definitely, I, I I did two things whenever we went to work from home. I, I have three children, and uh, work from home life with three children is kind of hard. They are young children, and they scream a lot, and that's just how it is. Uh, I am I constantly, you know, I, I bought headphones. I bought the, the, the Bose uh, <laughs> yeah. noise-canceling headphones. I got a whiteboard. Nice. And I put the whiteboard close enough to where I could jot down things while I'm on a meeting or whatever. I could stand up and go over there and write something down. A while back, I realized that I, uh, I, I was having trouble focusing because mm-hmm. I was always getting pulled in different directions, whether it was triage, heroics in on one side, or whether it was, you know, talking meetings to the other side, or whether it was just trying to get work done, you know, actually do my job. Um, I, was, I wasn't I was dropping the ball, but I was I was no, I was having good ideas or I was having things that I wanted to talk about or deal with later, and I wasn't able to just jot them down. I tried OneNote that didn't really stick. Uh, I tried doing it in Notepad++. Again, couldn't find a way to get into my routine. So what I decided to do is I decided to... Uh, write effectively a diary, a little deer diary system in PowerShell, mm-hmm. and uh, give it a UI, make it really nice, and have it uh, have it hold on to that information so that I can reflect on it later. And I also, you know, it's not a hard project; it's hundred lines. Uh, but what I wanted to do, kind of more important than the actual reason, you know, the more uh, than what it was actually going to do for me, I wanted to write this in a way that I would still be impressed with it in a year or two mm-hmm. years down the line. I wanted to write it with good conventions. I wanted to, you know, spread it out the right way and, and I wanted to be able to look back on it in a year and say, that's still pretty good. Because I think we've both been in situations, right, where absolutely we write, we write code and then we, you know it's kind of yeah, it's good enough and then a year later or so uh, you look back on it and you go, you know, who did this to you? Why, I know. Why is this code this way? Uh, yep, we've all been there. Yeah. It, uh, but it was, uh, I would say it's, uh, it was therapeutic uh, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. There's a lot of, I think, um, I love writing code, whether it's, you know, .NET code or even Java or, sure. you know, JavaScript, Python. PowerShell is sort of my, is my love language in a lot of ways because it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of... I think there are some really quality tools out there that make it easy and fun to write in. Sure, um, the community around it, and I'm sure there's other communities out there that are fun as well. But you know, seeing the PowerShell community at Summit is really great. Um, it's been a fantastic experience to see people, and I've I've talked with them about some of the some of the trenches stories that you know that that I have, and I've seen a lot of parody with what they've told me, and that's really. Really great because you know yep. different different places, but um, similar you know stories. Well,
0: the way I always see it is PowerShell is nice because it kind of bridges that gap between a programmer and a system administrator. Oh yes, absolutely. And and that's a big thing because yeah. you know when you're working, working in like you said the the everyday
1: real world and not the schooling part. It's a lot different. It's very different. I I, I taught at a university um, for about seven years, and we didn't get into scripting languages like that. We mm-hmm. uh, there was a little bit in web development class. We do PHP, Perl, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more to. It was more to have uh, to add uh, uh, dynamic content to a page. It was it was it was less about actually doing things than you would on a server on your system. Sure. And uh, at the time, people were installing, and I'm, I was guilty of this as well. They were installing these uh, languages, you know, compile-based languages that you would that you would then have to write a program, compile the program, run the program, mm-hmm. debug the program, recompile the program, you know, all of that and it was. We didn't. i going through college. I didn't even know. Now, granted, this is PowerShell. One day is you know right. a while back, but it wasn't. It wasn't like there weren't other things out there. Like that Python was there and DB you know, script. script was there. You know, yep. there's there. There are certainly uh, there were options. So I know whenever I was teaching or whenever I was working at a university prior to so working at um, uh, the, the place I'm at now. Uh, my first job was replacing uh, Novell NetWare. Uh, I'm sorry, Novell, on Novell Network, 5.5, mm-hmm. uh, if, if you remember that, yep. um, with Active Directory. And I, I was coming fresh off of being a .NET MVC developer, not a very good one either. And um, I was, it was my first job outside of college uh, that that was, was truly sure was out of grad school. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'll do this. Uh, I, I had done systems administration in uh, the past. I was in the Marines for eight years. I was a systems administrator in the Marine Corps. And I said, okay, you know, I could do this, not a big deal. So I immediately went to what I knew best, and it was C-sharp. So I started administering uh, Active Directory Mm -hmm. with C-sharp. And I remember uh, thinking that this is the most appropriate way to do this, of course I'm doing it the right way, you know, I've got the directory (laughs) services, namespace to play around with. And uh, I remember I was very proud of it, I wrote a blog article about it, and then uh, soon thereafter, a friend of mine, who I now work with, a friend of mine said, you know, you really should check out this PowerShell thing. And I said, eh, <laughs> yep. "I'm doing it right. I don't need to check out PowerShell. That's a dumb. name, Whatever." <laughs> and uh, and I was like, i was from a Linux background. I was like, mm-hmm. I to get, like shell. I in be writing PowerShell. Okay, fine. Whatever." <laughs> and uh, so I wasn't a big adopter early on. Shortly after, I I converted that C sharp script it was about three thousand lines to about eight hundred lines of PowerShell. And I bet if I look back at that now, I could probably get it down to like two hundred. Oh yeah, because um, it was doing a lot, but I it was not efficient and. Um, I, it's been off to the races ever since. You know, I—it's not a—it's not a, uh, it's not a uh, problem looking for a solution or a mm-hmm. solution looking for a problem or whatever. It's not my only language that I know how to use or or whatever. But it usually is either the best tool for the job or it's a good enough tool where it had, being a perfect tool versus a really good tool doesn't really matter. The difference doesn't yep. matter there. So it's definitely a—it's um, I would say a, it's most of my arsenal and a lot. And of it. it's free. And it's free and it's everywhere. Yes. In the, in the Windows world, at least. It's everywhere. And now with PowerShell Core, it's on you know, Mac, Windows, yeah. um, and Um I will say that early days, growing pains between PowerShell 5 and PowerShell 7 was it still kind of gets me every now and then whenever an mm-hmm. SDK doesn't work in 7. Um, and I've, I've, Mostly migrated everything to PowerShell Core because I really like the four h parallel. Uh, oh, so that's huge. Um, that that's especially when like I process a ton of uh, Active Directory objects and um, and I'll, I'll I'll look at you know an entire an entire mm-hmm. directory. Uh, I want to do it in chunks of you know hundreds or fifties or whatever. And I'm not a big fan of PowerShell jobs. I, I never learned them the right way. So <laughs> now whenever I use them, I'm sure I'm doing it wrong. But thankfully, with you know, for each parallel, I'll be able to you know get through it and solve it. Sure, pretty, pretty quick. So
0: yeah, I'll tell you. I mean, uh, so I, I got a computer science minor in college, mm-hmm. and uh, and the one thing that I still use talking about um, um, education is is I had a software engineering class in college, and I still use those principles of software engineering for uh, writing PowerShell script. And especially one of the best books, in my opinion, that Microsoft ever came out with was Code Complete.
1: I haven't read that one.
0: No, it was so they came out with two versions: Code Complete and Code Complete Two. Obviously, they're old, old. They're '90s, and they were in the C, uh, C, um, yeah, C environment mm-hmm. back then. But still, the principles that that were behind that, like you know, the documentation throughout your script, how to, um, uh, you know, indent, indentation and all this for easy readability. Like you were talking about being able to go back to your script and understand it all, and and then for somebody else to understand it. So you. You know, you document all throughout
1: the whole script, so they know what everything's doing. There's certainly a lot of there are a lot of conventions that I've I've adopted, uh, thrown away, and readopted later because I, I it wasn't about I was never trying to um, I was never trying to like reduce things down mm-hmm. to the smallest possible because you know no one wants to. You know, you minify everything, and you have to explode it out when right. you want to do anything to it. Uh, we're, it's not JavaScript. We're not loaded as a dependency for for something that needs to load very quickly. Right. You know, it's 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 fine if it's a little longer than it needs to be, but there are still things you know that I conventions that I, I need to adopt. The uh, anything you know the verb, right verbose and everything or, or sure dash verbose flags, the command bindings and the the you know process begin you know it finally all of that stuff. Like I don't. I don't do that, and I don't.
0: I don't need to. Same thing here, because it's like in like in my environment. I'm a desktop engineer, so you know why do I care whether there's a ten seconds, twenty seconds uh, slower or not? I mean, are fast. yeah, they are. And most of my stuff, for instance, it happens overnight, right? So I don't care if it's, but I mean I can see it maybe in a big data environment. I can see that in those kind of situations.
1: But it's an interesting problem to solve too, because it's if it can be faster. I, I remember one of the one of the things I was uh, I was tasked with sort of the like, little utility sort of quick. I love these little quick problems, right? Mm-hmm. These Problems that it's not a it's not a, uh, a four month project. It's not a multi million dollar project. One of the ones that I was tasked with was doing. Um, file uh, file share speed tests. And we needed to determine where bottlenecks were. And I could already mm-hmm. say where the bottlenecks were because I understand like file system physics. Sure. You, you know, uh, you can transfer a, a 10 terabyte file much faster than you can, um, single file, then you can uh, process and transfer uh, a one terabyte of 1K files. Just because it's even though it's 10 times more the the, capacity, the size, it's one file handler, open and shut, and you can hit line speed on it sure. versus open and close, open and close, open and close. You never hit line speed because it takes too long. Or t- you know, your, your handoffs between your file handlers take yeah. the most time. So I was ex- I was exploring some of that. I was using PowerShell to generate a bunch of 4K, 1K, 10K, or uh, sorry, 16K, and you know all of these different uh-huh. size files. And uh, I remember, you know, I remember taxing out our our uh, our NAS just by creating all these files and sending them over there. Mm-hmm. Wow! I got to I got to sort of mentor some of the some of my coworkers. Sure. Because they a lot of them don't have a traditional computer science background. So I was explaining yeah. why this works and from an operating system standpoint, like why it's this way. And they said, well, you know, we have 10 gigabit backplane. You know, why can't we do it faster? I was like, well, if we tarred it up, you know, if we if we put it in a container, you know, mm-hmm. and shipped it that way. You know, we save, we say, we spend cycles on our side packaging it up, but we get to use all of our line speed. Yep. And they said, "Well, what can we, you know, how can we do that?" And I said, "PowerShell," and <laughs> went ahead, and it was it was real easy. I remember it was. Uh, I, I think I used PowerShell. Uh, what is PowerShell GUI or PowerShell Studio? PowerShell Studio I, at the time.
0: I used to be a really big uh, PowerShell,
1: PowerShell Studio yeah. uh, supporter. Yeah, so PowerShell Studio was really great. They had a thing where we could uh, it was easily sign our code. Uh, yep. I know how to do that now without that doing it, but it made it really easy. And then we also were able to create executables and they were able to drag and drop an entire directory onto the executable. Oh. And that would just kick it off. It would take it would in, it would effectively just like pipe in, all of that. Yep. And it would give it a starting point, and it would do everything it needed to do. That's at that awesome. point, you know, they were able to put it on a really fast server mm-hmm. uh, with you know twelve, eighteen cores, mm-hmm. thirty cores. I don't know how many cores, but. They were to drop it on the server. They were able to then hit it, you know, hit whatever they needed on that. And it was able to send it over there. And oh, it was wow. Just, it, was, it was so much faster. Awesome. And it was, I want to say, you know, it was taking days to send it the slow way. And it went down to hours, you know. Awesome. Single-digit hours. That is awesome. Uh, I know another really cool thing we did was we were doing a data center migration. Uh-huh. And, uh And the estimated, we had a partner come in and they said the estimated time it would take to do this is about 72 hours. And everybody was fine with that. And we were using a, a replication utility, a replication platform to do it that had an API. Yep. And instead of manually going in there and babysitting it, I wrote sort of a wrapper orchestrating, you know, job schedule or sure. we were able to say, okay, well let's make sure we are respectful to the hypervisors ticketing system so that we didn't overflow that. Let's make sure that we're respectful to the uh, ticketing system inside of the replication platform so we don't overload that. Let's go ahead and give everybody a dashboard. There's a there's a cool command line out there called um, New enhanced HTML, I think. Okay. Uh, I I think that's it, and um, it it allows you to pipe in. You're able to create partials and give it tables and give it objects, Mm -hmm. and it's able to just render all of that as as nice, you know, uh, CSS. Sure. And we dropped that. Uh, we dropped that entire seventy-two hours down to eighteen hours. Wow! And that was that was one of the fine things where I shifted away from infrastructure, where uh, in my current role or my previous role, and mm-hmm. got to my current role because they say, "Wow, you can solve problems with code." And I was like, "Everyone can."
0: Oh, it's amazing what you can do. Uh, uh, just a quick. Thing uh, something I did this has been about 10 years ago uh, uh, two jobs ago and we had uh, we had the issue of having to ship out machines and th- this was back in the time the engineering firm so they had to have the powerful machines um, uh, full desktops then we'd have to ship them out when something, hard drive go bad or something. And typically it was a hard drive failure most of the time that was going bad back then. Dell had a batch of drives at the moment. So I wrote a, I wrote this PowerShell script that basically did the uh, all the data transfer and everything uh, up to our main um, uh, file share in nice. Nashville. And then also it would not only do that, but then uh, we could image a machine in Nashville. It went out and grabbed all the data off of that machine imaged it, uh, the hard drive there, and it also injected the drivers. It scanned the machine, the, the in-machine nice. in the remote office. It would scan what model and all that, and then it would inject all those drivers in there, then sysprep it, and then all I had to do is take the drive out, ship it down to the uh, other office instead of the whole system, right. just the hard drive, put it in, turn it on, now and it, it, it was sysprep Back up and awesome. bam, it had it was ready to go, and that went from two hundred and fifty five dollars shipping for overnight for a full <laughs> size system, pounds,
1: uh, desktop yeah. to uh, fourteen ninety five. And that scales. That's every Big time that scales. Yes. So when you transfer, did you use? uh Did they have bits at the time? Bits transfer? Uh, they did. We did. Okay, yep. Yeah. I was like it, it seems like that's the way you would want to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, it would take forever. Yep. That's how we did it, and and everything was ready to go. Yeah, that's that is something I still find myself um, the, the dark side of PowerShell. I, I still find myself yeah. sometimes using uh, older um, sort of command processor commands, mm-hmm. or even reaching out to. Uh, I've even gone as far as to like implement like subsystem for Linux or subsystem window- for Windows um, just to get RSync or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Robocopy is always my go-to. Same here. Because it's, it's Windows uh, RSync. sync You know, it's not as snazzy, but it gets the job done. And you got restartable mode. And you got restartable mode. And I found that the the move item, move item is a little, uh, it's a little off sometimes, mm-hmm. um, especially when there are permission problems and issues. Robocopy has been solid since I think 3 BC or whatever it oh, was yeah. developed. Uh, whoever can that I that used to remember what, you know reading the mm-hmm. manual on that. Uh, that. That's just a solid piece of software. But so you're you're going to have a, a session this afternoon. I am. Yeah, I'm actually going to talk about uh, in a lightning demo. I'm going to talk about the diary entry system that I made. Fantastic. I'll show it off a little bit and you know hopefully I get some good awesome. feedback. And I, I've I've got a group of people that might yell "Dear Diary" every time I mention it. So <laughs> it sounds like we're, it. Gonna see, uh, we're going to see. We're going to see how it goes. But awesome. Well, definitely. Hey, really appreciate you coming in here and
0: uh, and uh, doing this session with awesome. me. So. Thank you so much, awesome. Look forward to uh, your uh, session this afternoon. Awesome, appreciate it. All right. All right, thanks. No problem. Thank you for listening to the PowerShell News podcast. You know where to find us. I'm Hooch on Twitter, H O O R G E, and I'm Mick Pletcher on Twitter, and it's Mick underscore Pletcher. Cheers. Cheers.